You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a special post-game edition as the Cougars route Western Kentucky 41-10. Not going to lie, one of the most unsatisfying BYU wins in a little bit, I would feel like. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but we'll break that down. We'll also get your guys' comments that you sent on on social media. And also some early thoughts on BYU getting ready for a top 25 clash against Boise State on Friday night. So a lot to get to. Let's waste no more time and break into it here. Special post-game edition of the podcast begins right now. Big offensive line for the Cougars in front of Algier. He'll try again and keeps the legs churning. And he's in for the touchdown. Seventh of the season for Tyler Algier to cap off an impressive first possession of the night for BYU. From the 23-yard line of Western Kentucky, Wilson out of the gun with time. Rifles it down the middle, and it's caught for a touchdown, Dax Mill. Surgical so far for Zach Wilson. Two possessions, two scores, one on the ground, and this one through the air. 23 yards to Dax. Lopini Katoa is now in the backfield. Wilson will keep it and score it. On first down, out of the backfield, Katoa wide open. The cut back inside the 20, the 10, the 5, and he weaves his way into the end zone. Cougars offense stays a perfect 4 for 4 tonight. Looking at a third and goal right now. And the same play and a different result. Isaac Ricks with the down grab. Five drives and five scores in the first half for BYU. There you go. Some of the highlights and maybe all of the highlights you needed to hear from BYU's win over Western Kentucky. 41 to 10 the final. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, your resident BYU insider. Uh, that was an interesting game for BYU. And real quick before we break into it, a reminder for you guys, if you haven't done so already, hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the show. We love talking BYU sports with you guys and hope you guys will join us every day as we talk about the Cougars on this podcast. All right, so 41-10 to 10 the final. BYU, I felt like in this contest, folks, is a tell of two halves. First half, about as clinical of a performance as you will see from BYU on offense in particular. Zach Wilson leads BYU on a perfect 5-for-5 five five streak. Five possessions, five touchdowns, and at halftime, their largest lead of the season at 35-3. to three. The second half, though, Western Kentucky gets the ball and wastes 10 minutes and 6 seconds off the game clock on one drive that comes up empty. I do think that BYU was off the field for a long time and as soon as they got the stop there on fourth down, on fourth and goal for Western Kentucky, you think, okay, got some momentum here for BYU. They come out, Zach uh, and the offense, they start picking up some first downs, Tyler Algier being that battering ram that he is. But then Zach Wilson throws in an interception 
Uh, his first interception, by the way, in 185 pass attempts, he had set the program record with 184 pass attempts without an interception, 20 more than Charlie Peterson's record of 164, if I'm not mistaken. But he throws that interception, and after that, it was just an absolute slog for BYU. This game was never in doubt, folks. Uh, Western Kentucky, I thought it was kind of pathetic, personally, that they went out and were like, eh, we'll just dink and dunk and control the clock here, even though we're down 28, 32, whatever the points spread that was for them. BYU did cover the point spread. It was 30 and a half, and a consequential Jake Oldroyd field goal in the fourth quarter gave BYU a 31-point lead that they didn't relinquish with just under a minute remaining, and BYU gets away with a 41-10 victory. Cougars now 7-0 on the season. For the fourth time in program history, they enter the month of November undefeated. That special season is still intact, folks, and looking forward to seeing how BYU does. To be honest with you, I was debating even doing a podcast because I just didn't have a lot to take away from this game. So I apologize. It might be a little bit light on actual quote unquote hashtag content for you, but I'll give you some of my thoughts. BYU is really, really good. There's no doubt about it. They're absolutely crushing teams and those are what good teams do. I'm sick of the narrative of who is BYU played. Let's be real for a second here, folks, and I know that I'm probably preaching to the choir because most of you are BYU fans listening to this, but BYU is playing who they could get on the schedule. It's not like they had a million Power 5 teams banging down their doors saying, play us, and Tom Holmes said, oh, no, 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 we're just going to go schedule a bunch of patsies over here and, and beat the crap out of them. That's not how they went about it. They had to put together a schedule of whatever games they could find, and you know what? The fact that they've been pretty bad in terms of opposition. The opposition's been not very great, not very good. Uh, the bad grammar there, but not very great, not very good. There's only so much you can do about that. But good football programs bury bad football programs, and that's exactly what BYU's doing. I'm getting sick of this narrative that BYU hasn't played anybody. You know what? They're playing the teams put in front of them. They're 7-0, and and now they have the biggest game of their season this coming Friday night. Uh, the NCAA with the mandate that you can't practice on Tuesday. <laughs> okay, I get it. There should be an allowance in that. I understand the, the symbolic nature of it. Let's be clear about that election day and all that stuff. The most consequential election of our lives. Blah, 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 blah. But BYU, uh, most of their players, if they're going to vote, probably already voted. This is a vote by mail state in the state of Utah. They've done so for quite a while. Most of these players probably aren't going to the ballot box on Tuesday. And I'm not going to lie. If I happen to hear about player-run practices happening in Provo on Tuesday, I'm not going to be surprised at all. BYU understands the magnitude of what they're trying to do this coming Friday night when they take on Boise State. It's a place BYU has never won. They've had multiple chances to win it. Zach Wilson will remember that 2018 game when he got tackled inside the five there and the clock ran out before they could run another play when they were on the doorstep and a potential win there. This is a team that I think understands the magnitude of what is a top 25 showdown against the Broncos on Friday night. They're not going to take it lightly. They are going to be focused all week long despite having less time to get prepared. BYU, as a rule, as an institution, there are no official team activities on Sunday. Coaches will watch film, put together game plans. Players will probably watch film on their iPads as well. But that's individual stuff. That's an individual choice to do that. No organized team activities for two of the days on a short week already facing off against Boise State. Well, on its head, it does look like a pretty uh, rough situation for BYU to find themselves in, but 
There's only so much you can control and the controllable is preparing the way you best can in the limited time you have available to you. Let's be clear about one thing. Boise State also will not be practicing on Tuesday. They happen to be able to practice on Sunday and maybe they will, maybe they won't, but there's no excuses. Nobody wants to hear excuses about this BYU football program. If they want to put the legitimacy on their season that many people are crying at them for, we see you fans. I, I, I see it and I get it all the time in my timeline. Well, guess what? Go beat Boise State up there at Boise. And at that point, if anybody still has, BYU hasn't played anybody, all they got to do is just point at Boise State and say, what were they ranked? Oh, have we ever won there before? No. Oh, what other excuses you got for us? There will always be excuses. Let's be clear about that. There, you fans are just miserable. There's a miserable bunch out there who don't want to see anything good for BYU, but that's their prerogative. They can choose to do that. The biggest thing is BYU, they're 7-0. They're probably in the top 10 and might be top 10 by the time in terms of the polls coming up, depending on when you hear this podcast. They might already have the rankings out, but regardless, BYU is going to be a top 10 caliber program, and that greats on Utah fans. BYU and their national perception, the 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 pub that they get when they're good is something that Utah can't touch at this point as a football program. I get the Utah's power five. I get all of that. But BYU is a national brand, a national identity that cannot be touched. When the Cougars are good, the nation takes notice for better or for worse. BYU is going to be a top 10 team, in my opinion, and I'm doing this late at night on a early Sunday morning. It's technically late Saturday night. But I think BYU is a top 10 team. Boise probably going to be flirting around the top 20. And we get ready now for a massive, massive clash between these two teams. So there you go. Some of my thoughts, like not, not a lot to take away from that game against Western Kentucky. I'll rewatch the film and point out some players that stood out to me on the Monday edition of the show. And we'll do what we normally do on a Monday. But it just feels like that game was almost just a waste of 30 minutes. The first 30 minutes of that game, very impressive. Very efficient outing for BYU offensively. It was good to see guys like Gunnar Romney and James Empey back out there for BYU. Uh, Tristan Hodge also starting for the first time uh, since the Navy game. It's good to see some of those guys get another run with this offense ahead of the Boise game, but just not a lot of consequence, I felt like, from that game, and maybe I'm wrong about that. Feel free to tweet at me, at Jacob C. Hatch is my personal Twitter handle. You also can send it to Locked On Cougars at Locked On Cougars if you like to weigh in that way. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so follow the show there so that way you always can stay up to date. All right, so we will uh, take a short time out here. We'll come back, let you guys sound off with your guys' comments about the game. I've, I asked for them on social media, on Twitter in particular. We'll get to those as we wrap up a special post-game edition of the show. And a reminder for you guys, make sure if you haven't done so already to make sure to leave us a rating and review. Those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts are worth their weight in podcasts Gold. They help BYU fans find us and us in turn find BYU fans who are looking for the content, these podcasts that we do each and every day. Additionally, I'm going to incentivize you guys. I've done a couple of uh, giveaways already, but I've still got some BYU gear that is made by Nike. It's the nice stuff. Be giving some of that away here in the near future. If you'd like to be entered to win that, make sure to leave us a five-star rating as well as a sentence or two or if more if you want about what you like about the show. As simple as that. You're entered in to win the BYU Nike gear. We'll do a giveaway here in the next little bit. But don't waste any time. Make sure to leave us that rating and review and help us build the audience right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast.
All right, guys, let's get to your comments as we wrap up today's show. It's going to be a shorter podcast, but like I said, just not a lot of stuff to talk about. But let's get your guys' comments about the game. Uh, Jameson, Coo, Jameson Coons, excuse me, at GoCooks33 says, WKU's offense is so boring. BYU's defense needs to find a way to get off the field. They absolutely did need to do that, and that would help BYU have a better second half, I feel like. But the Cougars, you know what? They won the game. That's all that matters. You like to see BYU win games. Uh, Chris Murphy at C. Murphy Pro says, BYU's Twitter reaction to a blowout win is a reminder that we as BYU fans are the most insecure fan base in the country. Well, Chris, I think many uh, fans around the country would disagree with you, and some would agree with you on BYU, but I think many think that their own fan base is the most insecure. It's just how it goes. Fan is short for fanatic. You guys are diehards. I have mad respect to you guys. It is impressive the care factor that BYU fans have, and that is a credit and it can be a detriment at times, but it's an absolute credit to what BYU is doing. A couple of the comments here, guys. Nelson Lloyd, uh, he says that BYU played one of the most impressive halves of college football this year and their worst half by far in the same game. I can see that argument considering BYU that second half. Yeah, it was not pretty at all. It just they struggled up and down the field. But you know what? You take it, you learn from it, and you move on. Uh, one other one here that was on the Locked On Cougars feed, Justin Howell at Howell 46 He sent me the famous Alonzo Morning uh, Twitter uh, gif of Alonzo Morning shaking his head at first, also not his head like, yeah, okay. So essentially saying, yeah, that was a pretty crappy performance for BYU, but they won the game, so they're 7-0. and We'll take it. So interesting comment there. So thank you to you, you guys who did it on the Locked On Cougars feed. Now some other comments for you guys. Uh, other ones. Chris Murphy, C. Murphy Pro, once again, on my personal Twitter feed, said Kalani is ticked, and that was his reaction. I don't think Kalani can be too happy with how his team performed, especially in that second half. He said as much in post game, saying, you know what? It's easier to crack on players after we win a game than to lose a game and crack on them because they won the game, so they're still happy about it, and they take the the criticism, et cetera, better. Blair Red, our good friend at Red Coach, said, surprising the second team players played that poorly. You got to ball out when you get an opportunity. You're not you're not wrong about that Blair it's too easy for these backups to feel like you know what I'm just going to take it easy the first stringers got this in the bag oh they want me to go in let me get my helmet and let's wander on out there no you got to be you got to have a razor's edge because if you want more playing time you got to show it in games and you get that opportunity Uh, B-Day 311 says MPB better at snapping that ball of course that snap late in the game over Bailey Romney's head that was not James Empey though B-Day that was actually Joe Tuguafu got over Baylor's head. He ate it, and that ended up with the fi- final field goal for BYU. So uh, that is why. Also, a couple other ones. Blair Red saying they should all play like Sione Finau, responding to his earlier comment. The kid goes 100% all the time. A lot of secondary players coasted. You're not wrong about that. Sione Finau got... A lot better in that game, I felt like. He is finally getting back to the player we all saw a year ago who might be have had a chance to become BYU's number one back. Of course, guys like Tyler Algier have been very good this year, but if Sione Finau is right, he is among the top three, if not the top two running backs BYU's got. Uh, David Hatch at David Hatched said, Yawn, is it next Friday yet? Not a bad choice. Also, another qu- uh, comment from him saying, Truth is, I'm a bit worried about our defense going to get manhandled next week against Boise State. It's not a bad comment. Boise State looked mighty uh, efficient, scoring 49 points with their backup quarterback in a win over Air Force. Uh, Jack Sears, the USC 
transfer, a very talented player and looked the part in that win with 17 of 20 passing. BYU is going to have their work cut out for him. Excuse me. BYU is going to have their work cut out for them when they head up to Boise on Friday night. But I think they're up to the challenge. Uh, the Sports Bros at Sports Bros says, I hope Zach got that out of his system. It was Zach's most inefficient game of the season against Western Kentucky. There's no doubt about that. I think there needs to be some work done, obviously. But I think this is a kid, speaking of Zach Wilson, he understands he had a subpar outing by his own standards that he set for himself, and he'll be better for it. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. David Stott said, the good, they played a C-minus game and still won by 31. The bad, BYU's uh, sub, oh, excuse me, Zach's sub-60% completion percentage. Some drops are in there, bad throws and an interception. Ugly, six points in the second half and giving up two very long drives, some better throws from Western, Western Kentucky, and the score might have been 41-31. I think there's an argument to be made there, David, but they won the game. That's all that matters, as you said. That's the good, uh, despite having what you thought was the less-than-average performance. Uh, Laban's E-Sword saying, first half was stellar. Second half felt like we didn't care after we stopped their first drive. We'll see how things go on Friday. I think it goes back to kind of what I said, uh, Laban, saying that I just felt like it was one of those things, the first half, great, second half, and blase, whatever. You do what you got to do. Uh, Jimmy Chesh saying, many things to fix before Boise State, a very troubling victory. I am worried about some of the injuries, Zane Anderson among them. Also, Neil Pau taking a helmet-to-helmet shot. You hope these guys are healthy for the game coming up against Boise State. It's something to be to be very careful and cognizant of as we draw closer and closer to that game. Of course, we bring you updates throughout the week in that regard. Our good friend Garrett McClintock saying everything second half was vanilla of vanilla. Mentally moved on, even at Dax and Gunner and street clothes. Nobody cared what happened, just let time tick, and they played like it. That's an absolute agreement on my part for you, what you're saying there, Garrett. BYU just was content. They knew that they had the game in the bag and kind of went through the motions. I think Blair uh, Red's comment, though, is these players, these second stringers in particular, the reserve players, they want more playing time. They should have taken that probably a little more seriously and played a little more with a little more intent in that game. Casey Finlandson said good start, sloppy second half. Now the coaching staff has plenty of things to work on on this short week to prep for Boise State. Got to get some things right completely agree Casey it's easier to teach guys when you have a win in your back pocket versus a loss these guys receive the criticism the direction much easier that way uh Stephen Facer at Mr. BYU or at Mr. Cougar on Twitter he responded to the sports bros thing saying that hope he got it out of his system speaking to Zach Wilson and said me too with the thumbs up emoji He's not wrong there. And then one other comment here, Andy Splat saying, based on Twitter, based on what Twitter is telling me, it wasn't enough to beat Utah. Well, that outing, probably not. But maybe if BYU plays a full four quarters at the same pace they played the first half at, it would be pretty tough to beat, folks. This is a good football program. I mean that. I, I, I've watched a lot of BYU football. I've watched a lot of caught. I've, excuse me. I am struggling with my words. I am tired, so I apologize for this. But I have watched a lot of BYU through the years, obviously, but I've watched a lot of college football as well. I feel like I have a very good sense for good college football programs, regardless of the competition level they're going against. BYU is one of those teams. I just see a lot of the markings of what I think a good football program should look like. So I think it's good to see the Cougars out there getting their work in. And you know what? 
you take the win and you move on and now you try for eight and zero on friday night against boise all right that's going to do it for this edition of the podcast of course we'll have a full edition tomorrow a recap of what i learned after rewatching the film also where byu ends up in the national polls we'll react to that and we'll have a full week ahead as we get you ready for byu and boise state on friday night looking forward to this one folks a top 25 showdown for byu the finally the game we've all been waiting for to legitimize byu season it is here so let's get ready for it we will talk to you guys again tomorrow this has been the locked on cougars podcast from november 1st 2020 have a good one